With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Some podcasts do it for the fun. Some do it for the fame. Chad and Cheese, they do it for global effing domination. That's right. Bringing America to its knees was just the beginning. Now, they have their eyes set on conquering Europe. And they've drafted industry veteran Levan von Neuerhauser of Belgium to help them navigate the old country and bring HR's most dangerous podcast across the pond to trash talk like never before. Not safe for work in any language. The Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. Oh, yeah. The U.S. and Russia are in talks to keep the peace in Europe. The meeting, however, has no actual Europeans in the meeting. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Ivan Drago Cheeseman. And I'm Chad, pissing off the unvaccinated so wash. I'm still just leaving Van Evenhuizen. <laughs> and on this episode, LinkedIn takes aim at Clubhouse, European predictions for 2022, and oh yeah, a French unicorn. Let's do this, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, it is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. What's up, boys? I keep hearing the intro and how the announcer just totally kills Levin's last name. <laughs> As if you really know how to say it after 14 shows. Yes, of course I do. <laughs> well, I still remember it or I still recognize it, so it's not that bad. <laughs> that's good. That, that's very good. It's good to have, have you guys on again. It's been a while since we've all been Happy together. 2022, hopefully. Happy 22. Happy 14th show, I think, of Chad and Cheese Does Europe. 14th already? Whoa. Yeah. Who better to have us on the 14th, lucky 14th show than our mystery guest, Gerard... Mulder, CEO of Text Kernel. Nice. Gerard, I'm sure I butchered your name in, in Europe, but uh, welcome to the podcast. 
thank you guys for having me. It's a, it's a great honor to be uh, to be on this podcast. Much like much like a European, yes, he's being <laughs> way too nice right out of the gate. Okay, yeah. now, is it Gerard? Is it is it Herard? Is it? Yeah, something? So I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say it once the way the Dutch pronounce it. Okay, it's actually uh, Gerard. Oh my God! No. Yeah, but I, I, I won't do that to you. And I think uh, Levin has a Levin actually has a very nice pronunciation of my name. Ah, in Flanders we would say Gerard. Ooh, Gerard sounds Mulder. kind of French. It does doesn't it? Levin has a real education, unlike uh, Chad Cheese. <laughs> so, so Gerard, CEO of Text Kernel. What else? Sort of Twitter bio, uh, or sort of a quick summary of Text Kernel for those that don't know. Give us, give us the quick yeah. intro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, like many in our field, we help connect people in jobs better. And we do that by providing technologies uh, that can be integrated into existing processes to help speed up application processes, to match candidates with high accuracy, to do sourcing. And we do a lot of data enrichment, uh, so both on the profile and candidate side, as well as the demand side of the labor market, to help uh, do analytics on the labor market. Um, so our customers typically use it to kind of like understand what skills are emerging, uh, how is demand developing uh, across different countries in Europe, uh, the US and Canada. So a little bit about Gerard, though. So do you like long walks on the beach? Do you like strolling through the Ardennes? I mean, a little bit about you. Give us a little history. Well, uh, definitely the Ardennes. So I just came back from there with Christmas. That's a tradition. We go there uh, every year. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, my, my, my background is uh, I joined Xkernel. In 2005, it was then a four-people company and uh, helped uh, build it out to, to what it is today. Uh, and yeah, I mean, my, my background is very much in, in more in a, on the commercial side, honestly. But as you join a startup, uh, you kind of tend to do everything. So uh, mm -hmm. I've been a product manager, a marketing manager, um, a project manager, you name it. Uh, I've done it. And uh, yeah, today, of course, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about it. We're oh, yeah. we're we're making uh, we're making big waves, and uh, yes, we're we're currently a hundred and fifty people company, uh, and um, yeah, growing fast and having fun. Awesome, awesome. Let's get yeah. into some shout outs, shall we, gentlemen? All right, I will go first. My first shout out goes to France. French authorities hit Google and Facebook with record-breaking fines of 210 million euros, big money for Facebook and Google, <laughs> uh, for making it, making it too difficult for users to opt out of cookies. Facebook was fined for the same offense, and both companies now have three months to comply or risk fines of 113,000 euros per day. The watchdog said... Facebook.com, Google.fr, and YouTube.com websites did not allow the easy refusal of cookies. Citing the example of Facebook, it said, quote, several clicks are required to refuse all cookies as opposed to a single one to accept them, end quote. Vive la France for sticking it to big tech. Shout out to France. Sticking it to big tech. Leaving, you got a shout out? 
Yeah, shout out to the Reddit anti-work community. What? Yeah, the, it's something new. You all know the subreddit Wall Street Bets, where people uh-huh. used to encourage each other to buy meme stocks like GME, etc., and yeah. try to try to make some money on the way there. And now there's a new subreddit. So it's actually not new. It was launched in 2013, but it's suddenly booming, and it's called the subreddit anti-work. And there are 1.6 million members encouraging each other to quit their jobs and become <laughs> idlers. And they give each other tips on how to eat from dumpsters and how to <laughs> live for free, basically. So I guess uh, if this is the new hype for 2022, the War for Talent is getting a new chapter. Oh, shit. Those, yeah, that, that, those are the, the incel mm-hmm. message boards where Joel gets his, his predictions. <laughs> And I must say, I must say, most of the people are male. Most of the members are male and from North America. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> because we don't have government handouts to live on. We got to go through the dumpsters. Dumpsters, yes. Uh, going back in, I'm going to double up on Joel's French shout out. So a uh, big shout out to French President Emmanuel Macron for uh, pissing off the 8% of the French who are unvaccinated (laughs) in order to harass them into protecting themselves and others against COVID-19. Slap them around there, Macron. Slap them around. No cafe for you without the (laughs) shots. He said it great. On va les emmerder jusqu'au bout. You're going to annoy them just until they quit. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. Um, May 6th, something's going on, Levin. Why don't we tell the audience and listeners about May 6th coming up? Uh, May 6th, uh, we are planning on not to postpone the Congress on May 6th. <laughs> Hell so no. it's actually It's <laughs> actually going to be May 6th, the e-recruitment Congress 2022. Yes. We've been planning it since 2019, so it's about time. Yeah, no shit. We got to make sure that uh, Gerard's there too. So Gerard, oh, yeah. put that put that on your calendar, big guy. Definitely, I will. And I, I love I love the fact that you guys are planning because you know you you can also not plan because of fear, but you guys are planning. So indeed, there's an old saying: if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Is that <laughs> yes? Uh, <laughs> enough, they have the same thing over in Europe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but hopefully it will not work out like that. Yeah, hopefully yes. you can you can show up or have some tech. Colonel folks I come out now that you have 150 definitely. employees. And I would like this time to land in Belgium. I had to actually divert to Malta last time, which was a, a huge disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, so, you're a hypocrite. Okay. Are you looking for real estate in Belgium now, Chad? You've already got uh, your Portugal empire almost, almost solidified. Yeah, I'm just going to focus my, you know, on the beaches of, of Portugal right now. Uh, we appreciate that. The world appreciates that. Well, let's get into uh, some of the news that Gerard alluded to. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you don't remember from, uh, I don't know how many shows it's been, Topics! but you may have heard that uh, Tex Colonel bought a little company here in the U.S. called Sovereign. So they did this in December. Uh, the combination of both companies will create a stronger player in the AI-based search and match technology space, the company says. And TextKernel strengthens its North American and APAC footprint with the acquisition. Following the deal, TextKernel will serve over 2,500 clients, including some of the largest staffing firms in the world, working from offices in the Netherlands, U.S., France, and Germany. According to a market source cited by Reuters, the deal is valued at 30 to 40 million euros, TextKernel is backed by Maine Capital, which bought the company from CareerBuilder back in 2020. 
So let's dig in a little bit with our friend Gerard. Uh, Gerard, how did this deal come together? And you're finally going to announce how much the deal was for on the podcast, right? Uh, no, I'm sorry, I can't. No, no, that's that's strictly. Oh, hell uh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. But uh, yeah, how did the deal come about? Well, first of all, of course, I known Sovereign for a very long time, and and we were competing. But as a competitor, we we've always kind of you know respected each other. We, you know, we 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 approach the the same problem from a different technical perspective, you could say. And I, I think it's it had advantages to, to do that. But now joining it actually creates a really strong uh, yeah, combination. And basically, we just reached out to uh, Robert uh, at the right time. Yeah, how much whiskey uh, and, uh, did you have to send him to get a call back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... It's actually a funny story because uh, because we couldn't actually uh, meet uh, during this time because we weren't allowed to go to uh, the U.S. So what we did instead is we um, met in Aruba. So well, that's uh, horrible. <laughs> yeah, horrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> horrible. So we we flew over his team and some people of uh, our team, and uh, and I think that really helped building trust and. Uh, Coming together on, on, you know, because it's always uh, a big thing, especially, you know, if, with Robert having founded the company and run the company for over mm-hmm. 20 years, it, it's important he gets to meet the people who will um, will take over from him. Hell yeah. Well, I, I got to say, Gerard, you, you are downplaying this big time because Tex Kernel... <laughs> is huge in, in in Europe and Sovereign is huge in the U.S. So being able to put these two players together, Robert actually had a conversation with us about this. And this was a holy shit moment for us. We've been waiting for something big to happen in parsing and matching. And this was it. So we were really excited to see this happen. And I know I'm like fucking fanboying at this point, but so what? <laughs> um, but, but I mean, from, from my standpoint, how do you see the current landscape? This is major power when we're talking about computing power and data in systems today. How do you see the current lang- landscape? And then give us kind of like an idea into the future, your vision on where this actually goes. Yeah, so if you think about the number of profiles we 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 process jointly, and if you think about the number of matches and searches that are done on our system, it, it is indeed a, a big thing because we were. I mean, Text Kernel was already uh, the biggest in the industry, but together with uh, Sofran, it's even bigger. And um, yeah, if you look at the landscape, I think. And this is why I like Sofran so much. I think we have very little uh, competition uh, left that we can't actually uh, compete with. And the great thing about the two technical approaches, the the difference is that we can very easily take things from the text kernel product spec and our knowledge on, for instance, uh, semantics, on skills and things like that, and actually add that to the software and product stack quite easily. And we actually expect to actually make a lot of progress already in May. So if you think about most tech companies uh, that are joining forces, getting really usable benefits from each other's product stacks often takes more multiple years. I think we can really be much faster. So 
yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it, and uh, also the customers respond uh, extremely positively to to the news, which of course is super important. Yeah, you mentioned uh, I don't know, sort of the competition. The landscape is is fairly bare uh, once you guys have got together to create the 800 pound gorilla. So, what is what's the plan from here in terms of growth? Um, are we going to see a lot more marketing? Uh, around the world from text kernel, more salespeople? Like, are you just going to like totally solidify the market and establish yourself as uh, the alpha male uh, in this space? Like, what can we expect in terms of the next 12 months in regards to uh, growth and marketing and development? Yeah, so so first of all, it's it's uh, marketing and, and explaining our possibilities to the market. So, so especially in the US, you could say that, uh, you know, with Sovereign, our market share in the US doubled. So we already had a significant market share in the US, but now it doubled. But I still think that we're just scratching the surface of the typical use cases that are arising for our kind of technology. And and this is primarily driven by automation and digitalization processes. And what these processes uh, need are very accurate matching, very accurate understanding of the data and the, and the process you want to automate. That's where we add value. So in one word or two words, you could say we deliver foundational technology to, to drive many of these processes. Very cool. Excellent. Well, I think I speak for both of us saying that we're excited for you guys and, and Robert and Sovereign are great friends of the show and, and uh, we're, we're, uh, we're excited for you. And, and let's get into predictions. And, and frankly, one of my predictions is uh, CareerBuilder bought you two or so years ago. My prediction is with the power of Sovereign, you guys will now buy CareerBuilder in 2020. <laughs> you, will, you will flip the no. switch. On no. ownership, don't, don't don't waste your money on that shit. Yeah, don't, don't waste your don't money. Do you can get a twofer with Monster. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, let's go into some of our European predictions. By the way, if you haven't heard our uh, U.S. predictions show with Tim Sackett, I I encourage you to do so. But right now, let's get into some European specific predictions. Levin, you have two. Gerard, you have one. Levin, let's go to you first with your prediction. Number one for 2022. For the record, I had plenty of predictions, but I was only allowed to choose two. You're <laughs> <laughs> yes. being held, held down by the man. Hold on. Uh. <laughs> Coming soon, the Leaven Prediction Show for the. Uh, yeah, my God, I can. I can. Keep going on predicting. Anyways, anyways, first one, uh, you were talking about Monster, and I heard your prediction on, um, was it last week's show uh, about Monster? And I sort of agree. I mean, you know, there's a new CEO at Randstad or an incoming CEO because Jacques hasn't left yet. But um, the new CEO, Sandra van Norten, who comes from Accenture and who is uh, pretty tech savvy, and I heard a lot of great things about him, so I'm wishing him good luck. But the new CEO is going to try to to do something to uh, make a difference. And he will finally try to get rid of Monster. Of course he will. Jacques couldn't because Jacques was always saying that it was a, a good investment, but uh, now he's leaving. But Sandra is going to try to get rid of Monster. But of course, no one is going to be willing to buy it. So they're just <laughs> going to chop it up in very lots of small parts, like the coffee machine and laptops, etc. <laughs> And then in the end, they're going to sell the whole website as an NFT, I think. <laughs> Trumposaurus is an NFT. Now, they, they have monster beverage in Europe, right? 
Yeah, but that's the energy cool drink. Cool, I yeah, I think I think they sell yeah. the domain to Monster Beverage for twenty five million dollars. Huh? What other asset do they have to sell at this point? Seriously, any comments, Gerard? Gerard's like, no, I'm I'm not getting into this. I'm, I'm not getting into that. Uh, I mean, uh, I've been working with the Monster guys for ages, and and they're all good people. So, uh, but 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 I'm also uh, not a regular attendee at this uh, podcast. So I'm. Leaving we, you guys. Uh, we won't put you on the spot, that. Gerard. We won't put you on the spot. Let's <laughs> let's roll right into your prediction. All right. Yeah, my, my prediction is is a little bit more. Um, it's probably more difficult to check uh, later on, but uh, I think twenty twenty two will further uh, democratize equality in pay for professions across Europe, and uh, I think twenty twenty two. Will will make uh, will make the biggest step. So to make it a little bit specific, 2022 will will really uh, take away many of the differences, especially for uh, highly educated uh, roles. Now, is your prediction that this will be will this be sort of government driven? Will this be market driven? What will be the forces that create the equality? Market driven, uh, supported by governments, though, because I, I, do, I actually do think that you can say many things about the European uh, Commission and, and what they're doing. But one thing I do think they, they do real, really well is enable um, international movement of people. It, it mm-hmm. could still be better, but, but, but you know, if you, if, you look, if you compare the European economy with the U.S. economy, one of the, you know, big downsides of Europe was the ability for people to just take their suitcase uh, if they were willing to and move to another country and start working there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, European Union has brought that. So so it's that, but actually it's COVID, of course, that, that really made it so easy to start working from any place. Also, why would you be paid less if you live in Poland uh, or, or, or in Belgium? Chad has yeah. such a boner on this prediction right now. He's so oh, excited. Yeah. It's hard to keep down. Yeah. So the, the thing is that, Gerard, I agree 100% with regard to, you know, being able to see not just pay, but pay transparency, obviously, which you can see more in Europe than you can in the U.S., but also, you know, one of the one of the hardest positions to fill, at least from my understanding, are like truck driver positions. And that's not a highly educated position. So, you right. know, are we not going to see democratization from the top to the bottom? Because you're seeing individuals who can pretty much do that job anywhere in the EU. Yeah. Now, I think you're actually entirely right there. It's just that I think on in, in, in truck driving, mm-hmm. I think it's happened already. Uh, to 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 a large extent, for as as an example, uh, for instance, but also a lot of other vocational professions nowadays. Uh, if you're a contractor, y- you can take a job anywhere in 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 Europe uh, and and just get uh, paid the same, right? So so even in construction, it, it, I actually agree with you. It's across the whole uh, array of professions, but. Still, I believe that for highly educated professions, as, as I do think that some of those jobs are easier to do from a, any location, the, diff, the, 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 the difference will even be smaller. That's a prediction. Uh, might be wrong. <laughs> Predictions are never wrong. They just haven't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Levin, let's get to your second prediction. Levin has another prediction he wants to steal from me. Go ahead, Levin. <laughs> okay, the next one. 
It's nothing I'm going to steal from you. <laughs> uh, it's even more weird. The next big thing in 2022, or the best investment in 2022, will be buying the e-krona. And the e-krona will be the cryptocurrency launched by Sweden. And they're going to launch it somewhere in 2022. But that's an educated guess. The fact is, um, China is going to launch the digital yuan in uh, Juan, or how do you pronounce it, by the Winter Olympics. And they're going to let the, um, the competitors, like the, how do you call them, the sport people and uh, the participants and, uh, and the people who are watching, they're going to let them pay in those digital yuan things. But... Sweden is also working on one. They're testing it right now. They have a pilot project. And I think they will be the first European country launching a virtual coin, which is controlled by the government. And this is going to be a game changer because it's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, Bitcoin, etc. So will employees demand being paid in Swedish e-currency? Is that another prediction part of that? Maybe. Not sure if they want to be paid in it, but they can change their own currency to the Swedish e-currency. And that's okay. probably going to be a very good investment. It's uh, the best way to stop inflation, I guess, because Euro won't be able to launch something like that in a short period of time. And Sweden never adopted the Euro. They still have the Kron, Swedish Kron. Mm. So um, for them, it's easier to launch something like this. But I was thinking it took us so much time to launch one currency for Europe, the euro. And now suddenly all those states are going to launch their own cryptocurrency because I know the Netherlands are working on it. France is working on it. I'm sure Germany and the others are working on it as well. Belgium is not, but uh, the others are. This is going to be a step back, I feel. But it will be a good investment for those who will be the early adopters, I'm sure. What I've always find so fascinating with the cryptocurrencies is that they're not really money. You can buy things with it, but it's you're, you're kind of trading a digital currency into money. And then with that money, you, you, you buy. I know you can also buy directly with digital currencies uh, at some places, uh, but the, the value of the digital currency is, is really defined by the demand for that digital currency. Exactly. Not not by any kind of economic liaison no. to production or something like that. So, 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 do you expect that to be different for for these government-controlled uh, uh, currencies? Yeah, I think so, and I'm definitely not an expert at all. But um, in my opinion, those cryptocurrencies, if you buy them. It's not investing, it's speculation, strictly speculation. You hope someone else will be willing to pay even more the moment you're trying to sell it. So that's strictly speculation and it's not backed up by anything. It's just, it's thin air, in my opinion. But, but you can't use it any but anywhere in Sweden, right? I mean, you can't go to France and use this crypto. No, but uh, same, you, you have uh, changing offices. So it's not, not difficult at all to, to change it on the fly on your mobile phone. That's why the, the, the euro is so amazing when you're an American and you can go to Europe and hop countries until you get to England or Sweden <laughs> yeah, or true. I mean, that all that all sucks. So to me, this just adds another layer of suck. True. The correct I mean, answer is the U.S. dollar will reign supreme for the rest of our lives. End of story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't go that far. Let's take, let's take a quick break and we'll get into uh, LinkedIn taking on Clubhouse. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. 
That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, we got LinkedIn, the, LinkedIn in the news, which technically, technically is a U.S. company, but they affect everybody. Uh, in the news this week, LinkedIn Events is coming uh, this spring with video events, but will debut this month with an audio component similar to Clubhouse. With some 800 million users worldwide and Microsoft in its corner, LinkedIn is bound to destroy popular audio event app Clubhouse, as well as take the live video world by storm. Right, guys? Is anyone selling LinkedIn, upping its live events game and taking on Clubhouse? I'm actually buying it. I think they have one big asset, one added value, and that's their audience. They have over a billion users, and they can match each episode with people who might be interested. So this actually could work. I never was a believer of Clubhouse itself. I, I hated this, the, the concept. I did love the way they put themselves into the market. So you had to be invited, and yeah. you even saw who you were invited by, which is a great marketing stunt. Mm -hmm. When I got invitations, I checked who would I like to match my name to. So um, it was a big stunt. But uh, in this case, this could work because let's just say, for example, I get a text message on my smartphone. Hey, Levin, there's a LinkedIn audio session on recruitment about to start. Would you like to listen in? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Why not? So they could match my personal interests with their existing episodes or their sessions. And this could be a game changer. Yeah. I totally agree. I, th I think if you look at the past one and a half, two years, we have used LinkedIn in, in a big way to actually get new audience for, for our and new, new listeners for our webinars and stuff we wanted to tell to the market. Them helping you and potentially match the content of what you're talking about to the right audience. It, it could be it could be big, but but as I understood it, it's just audio, right? It's no video or images. They're launching audio this month and then eventually upgrading the LinkedIn live events. Yeah, so I would really like it if they would add something in there with uh, video or, or content or something like that. This just proves that Clubhouse was nothing more than a feature from the top to the bottom, not to mention there's no on-demand ability, right? So there's no recording to be able to go to later. So you had to be in the moment, you had to be there, you had to be in the room. And there are way too many avenues and platforms to be in right now to, to engage. So I think if LinkedIn does this right, where Clubhouse fucked it up, is that they actually record they have on-demand sessions, and this is nothing but a more portable way to provide better content. And, and Gerard, I, I, I also agree with the video, but video is not as portable as audio. So this will provide them power that they currently do not have. So I, it's smart. But again, Clubhouse was nothing but a feature, and they should have sold when they had, what, a $4 billion valuation? Yeah, you're probably right about that, too. 
Yeah, I think it's it could be like uh, some kind of an interactive podcast, and that's an interesting idea. I mean, yeah, with a podcast that we record and then we put it online and people can listen to it, which is great. But now people can listen live and they can interact immediately. So there should be something like an, an interactive podcast, and if you host it decently or if you are a good moderator, it could be wow. We should give it a try. I think. Agreed. Yeah. No, I agree, and I think the, the the good thing about just audio, the advantage of just audio, although it has some disadvantages as well, but the, the the big advantage is you can reach people on in on moments where you wouldn't have normally reached them. So while they're in their car or driving, so it's yeah, I think it's uh, I want to experiment with it for sure, uh, Vortex Kernel. So I'll, I'll give you a real life example. Uh, I did a. I did a live event or scheduled a live event uh, and everything on it is really smooth in terms of inviting people and who's, who are the other speakers It all clicks, it, it all links into LinkedIn's uh, platform where it fell down big time was that they did not provide their own video platform. So they've partnered with like six or seven different uh, video platforms and you have to have an account there and then schedule it through that partner to then have the video on LinkedIn. And it ultimately is such a pain in the ass that you just like, screw it, let's just link to Zoom or whatever webinar platform that you want it. And I just felt like the whole time, like, Jesus, why can't LinkedIn provide the video and have all this thing be seamless and I, I record or, or you know, uh, broadcast through LinkedIn. So the fact that they have finally got to a point where they're, they're going to have LinkedIn live events with actual LinkedIn product, um, I think that's well overdue. And I think it, it will be will should be very successful if they do it right. Uh, the audio side of things sh- uh, should be interesting. I think the fact that so many people already have LinkedIn uh, on their mobile devices and alerts can go out saying, hey, there's an audio session uh, by so-and-so on this topic will we'll generate a lot more engagement. I think looking at your, your feed on LinkedIn with um, archived audio based on maybe a comment or a story that was shared on your feed is all going to be really good. Uh, LinkedIn is a you know, B2B marketing, sales, recruiting uh, dream. So a lot of people, I think, are going to be excited uh, about upgrades to this, this platform if they do it correctly. <clears throat> I totally agree. And I think they desperately need interesting content. It's the only thing they miss. Eh? They have LinkedIn Learning, which is actually very good content. But the content people put on LinkedIn mostly sucks. So now this could be a step up. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like the video portion, Joel, your whole experience, it sounds like Swedish crypto. (laughs) A little bit, very disparate and uh, disconnected for sure. Yeah, I got to go where and sign up for what video solution I've never heard of in order to broadcast on LinkedIn. It was very, very strange. Uh, Also strange, guys. Also, uh, we have... A unicorn alert. Nothing strange about that. This time out of France, which makes it maybe a little bit uh, strange. So French startup Payfit announced a $289 million Series E round. That's 254 million euros. Following this round, the startup has reached a post-money valuation of 2.1 Say it with me, billion dollars. The company has been building a payroll and HR software as a service platform for small and medium companies. There are currently 6,000 employers using PayFit. Around 80% of them are based in France. Around 150,000 people currently get paid 
through PayFit. So guys, are we ready to ride the PayFit unicorn? Ride it all day. I mean, nothing is more boring than payroll, but nothing is more important than payroll. And PayFit has focused on France. They, they focused where, where they know to be able to own that market before they actually start to expand. This, for most startups, this is where most startups get it wrong. They want to expand way too quickly. I, I think it's incredibly smart for them that they're getting good penetration in the, in the country uh, that they obviously live and work in, and then uh, take this kind of cash, which at this point is 437 million euros, and start hopefully growth throughout the EU. If it sounds a little bit like JustWorks uh, here in the US, which I know that we've talked about, you're probably on the right track, right? Simplifying payroll, you have people in multiple uh, countries, multiple laws. You know, PayFit lets you manage that payroll, payroll from a web browser as opposed to some office uh, down the street to automate as much of this as possible. PayFit, I think, also has a product advantage compared to other solutions as you don't need to be an expert and work uh, for an accounting firm uh, to generate payroll, which I can tell you as someone who's worked with paychecks before is a pain in the ass. Uh, The startup also makes sure you remain compliant and hides all the complexities around, hey, I'm paying someone in Poland, I'm paying someone in Italy. So I think it's it's right time. It goes back to uh, a little bit of of, uh, our predictions where salaries are going to equalize, people are going to work in multiple countries. And if there's a company like PayFit that can simplify that, I think that's that's a home run. It's really interesting to me that 80% of their clients are in France, which means, holy shit, that's a lot of room to grow. Um, the company currently has 700 employees that are in obviously Paris, but you've got a, a footprint in Berlin, Barcelona, wow. and London. So I think these guys are really primed uh, to take Europe Europe by storm in the coming years. Yeah, uh, it's of course, it's a crazy amount of money if you think about it, especially I, I, I'm not certain about their, their, the European. their revenue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, about the revenue, but it's becoming more, It's we're getting there, guys. We're getting there. I mean, uh, I don't know if you, like uh, the German company, I think it was Personio. Uh, they're, yes. like, they're valued at like 8 billion. Uh, yep. now, so, uh, it, it's possible, but but I really do believe that their payfit is solving a really big problem. And if I look at a company like us, if you think about the amount of time we spend with so many different countries for 150 employees only, if they could solve that for me, that would be huge. No, if I were them, I would uh, use the 400 million to buy the Coakley's uh, Boundless. <laughs> 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 by boundless yeah, that's right because yeah. i think never underestimate the complexity of working with something like payroll in europe i mean yeah. it's multi-country payrolling local taxing employment regulations this sucks in europe amen so well, if they want to uh, cross the borders talk to dick oakley it's another prediction by leaving yeah they're going to buy boundless <laughs> <laughs> So let's see if uh, the next two companies get a similar response. Let's talk about Hinterview. The UK-based technology company has announced that it has raised 3 million pounds in Series A funding. The video recruiting platform says they've experienced soaring demand for their technology since launching in 2015. 
The total they've raised now is 6 million pounds, and the company says they're serving tens of thousands of recruiters in more than 30 countries. Apparently, there's room for another video recruiting solution, everybody. Gentlemen, who's buying Hinterview? Yeah, we're going to need a bigger boat. It's pretty simple. And Rick Carsley, actually the VP of Talent Acquisition at Freedom Mortgage was on our show and he talked about Hinterview and he actually, he said this, Hinterview is just another kind of video software. It's neat to have. They were giving him a free month demo, but when it's a product that works best when it's integrated into your ATS and this one doesn't, it's just an obstacle. So at this point, the integrations on the site are Bullhorn, Calendly, LinkedIn, and WhatsApp. So unless they're focusing heavily on staffing, uh, they really don't have a chance in hell. Not to mention, if you take a look at all of the video interviewing companies that are out there and just do a Google search in the US, I didn't see them in the first five pages. I did a VPN to London, nothing to Germany, nothing. So they, they're going to need a bigger boat yeah. and they don't have enough money. Yeah, totally agree. Like, do we really need another video recruiting solution? Um, I mean, are they going to be a niche? Are they going to just going to be Europe or UK or certain segment? I guess they could go that route. Uh, automation challenges. We're seeing some real exciting stuff, not only from the likes of Vervo, but also Paradox launching video uh, in terms of their process. And who can forget the metaverse? Yes, this is the first time we've talked about it. But look, we're going to be video video recruiting people in the metaverse potentially. Are they prepared for a world with that and to pay for the development that might go into some of that stuff? So I'm going to sell interview as well. Gerard, your opinion? Yeah, I, uh, so I uh, subscribe to what's being said so far. It's just in general that I, I, what I always have with these new video interviewing companies is that you would expect some, some more innovation and especially with the content of the video. So something like, like, which is more in our field really, but um, understanding what's being said, understanding the entire interview, creating a profile, something in, in the ATS automatically based on what's being said. Uh, suggesting smart questions to 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 the recruiter, just something more uh, rather than just another interviewing tool. Gerard, I have a question for you because you live in the resume parsing world uh, yeah. all the time, and and I'm just curious when you when you hear stories about uh, video resumes, whether it's say TikTok doing them or some other platform. Mm -hmm. Do you do you do you look at that as a threat? Do you kind of laugh about it because you know there's no way in hell that's the future of resumes? Like, what's sort of your take when you see someone saying we're going to reinvent the resume with video? Uh, I, well, I think it's uh, it's a very interesting development, honestly, and we're already uh, taking a step at it. So, uh, like, we're not. We actually did tests on video interviews, and we were perfectly capable of parsing out and normalizing the skills that were mentioned in the interview, for instance. So based on video interviewing, you can already uh, going from speech, uh, speech to text and, and then applying uh, our, our document understanding technology, building a skills profile of the person. So we, we are looking into these types of things. So I, I for me, I think it's unstoppable video will come and video CVs will come and we're just looking ahead and thinking about how can we do it. I don't think it will. it's a threat for the resume because I think it serves a different purpose. 
But, uh, but one of the things I do believe our customers are going to need is a, a smart natural language processing system that combines information from a video with a resume, with an interview, uh, and actually creates one unified profile uh, that you can index and match on and, and use for other purposes. And contextualizes, yes. right? Yeah. Chad, that sounds like yeah. a scoop to me. How about you? <laughs> You heard it here first on the Chad and Cheese podcast. So what about you, Levin? You buying this bad boy, Levin? <laughs> no, no, because they're just, <laughs> just too many doing what they claim to do better. But um, I think I'm definitely into video. I, I love streaming. I uh, read a lot about uh, how to are uh, using virtual cams, etc., to make the best possible impression. It's all about employer branding. You need to do it right. But when talking about recruitment, Technical recruitment, there are basically six steps to follow. And you start at a sustainable database like LinkedIn, and then you start searching, scraping, parsing, and then it's matching, contacting, and hiring. Six steps. And I think the, the offer they bring is maybe the last phase uh, between contacting and hiring somewhere, but you need to do it everywhere. And I also, what I don't like is I couldn't find any business plan on their website. I hate it when people aren't transparent. But it's... Well, with LinkedIn now getting serious about video or video, maybe uh, their video resumes will be the next thing that we talk about in 2022. Well, leaving and I guess no one else is really excited about Hinterview. Let's talk about Sonic Jobs. Founded in 2017, London-based Sonic Jobs has closed a Series A funding round as it accelerates efforts to modernize the process of applying for jobs online. Former Deathmatch, that's the Chad and Cheese podcast, participant Sonic Jobs uses robotic processing automation technology to modernize the way candidates search and apply for jobs and says it is handling more than 250,000 job applications each month, equivalent to one every 10 seconds. Sonic Jobs plans to use its new funding to expand further in the UK as well as launching in the U.S. Coming to America, what does everyone think of Sonic Jobs? The good things first. I think learning from e-commerce is something you need to do. It's all about convenience, and that's a great idea. And I've been telling the same stuff for years. Convenience. And the whole idea about people redirecting, uh, the spammy process, they call it. I agree. I totally agree. You find a job you want to apply and then they just redirect you and the whole shit happens again. But this is nothing new. I mean, if you apply at a website from a temping agency, you won't get redirected. You'll just get an answer. If you apply through, we have, we have several apps doing exactly the same thing. So I think this is highly overvaluated, but uh, maybe I'm missing, I'm missing something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, so I went to to the website, and when I came to the website based on the on the press release, I was really a little bit surprised because to to me it just sounded like, hey, this is this is more like an Indeed actually, so it it, it seems to be a job aggregator which makes the application process easier because you can create a profile on Sonic Jobs which they then push into into the ATS of the, the, the company posting the job, something like that. It was re- really unclear yeah. to me. Uh, and this is something like even Monster uh, built this, uh, guys, <laughs> and Career Builder. Even Monster. Functionality. So 
it it's really nothing new. But you know, maybe they, they do attract a lot of job seekers and and have a valid place in the in the job board world. But I couldn't make them anything different than a job board actually at this point. It's all about process, right? And it's all about going from uh, being a candidate who's going from filling out a form to another form to another form, going from this corporate career site to that corporate career site. And this is what Indeed's Easy Apply does, right? But Easy Apply isn't for everybody. And that's the thing. They're trying to create somewhat of a com- competitor to Easy Apply. I, I like the idea of streamlining. I, I like it a lot. There's no way in hell they have enough money to expand to the US. That to me, just through this whole conversation off the rails, because to be able to do much like PayFit, PayFit, 80% of their, you know, th- their clients are in France. Mikkel and Sonic Jobs, you guys need to focus. You need to uh, be able to gain ground where you're at. And then prospectively, when you get some cash, uh, come to the US. But there's no way in hell they can do it now. So I read the I read the PR first uh, and the, the, the quote of uh, more than, they're handling more than 250,000 job apps per month, equivalent to one every 10 seconds. I thought, well, that's kind of impressive. So then I went to the website and the, the headline is apply to over 500,000 jobs in one click. And I, my first thought is, okay, that's how they're getting one every ten seconds. They're just shotgunning this shit everywhere. And then I thought, RPA. And I thought, oh, gee, what employer wouldn't love using a site like Sonic Jobs, where people can apply to five hundred thousand jobs in one click? Can you say untargeted? Uh, now, maybe when uh, you know employment is low and people aren't going back to work, like maybe companies want that kind of exposure. But when things get back to normal. Uh, there's no way employers are going to embrace a site that touts 500,000 jobs applied to at one click. That's my take on Sonic Jobs. Uh, what was it you said? You're going to need a bigger boat, Chad. You're going to need a lot better yeah. business model as well if Sonic <laughs> Jobs is going to make it. Well, boys, that wraps up another episode of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. As Europe, we want to thank Gerard. Yeah, you're welcome, CEO. At TextKernel. Uh, now, Gerard, for those who want to know more about TextKernel or you, where would you send them? Uh, well, you can always connect with me on LinkedIn and go to textkernel.com. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you'll find a way to to reach out to me. Gerard Mulder. And if you want to listen to more of European goodness, check us out at chadcheese.com backslash Europe. Sehr gut. We're out. We out. We out. We're out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. So weird. 
We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.